Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, you guys, welcome to the midweek edition of the Temple of Hope. I am your host, Coach Maples, a.k.a. Jay Mapes, here with a special guest, uh, I think it's his third or fourth time actually here when we talking some basketball. Uh, my boy Chris Connor of the Bird Rights uh, Media Organization, which covers the New Orleans Pelicans. Chris, what's going on? You've been here. You know what it is. What's, what's popping, baby? It's a, it's a pleasure to be on after a victory. I feel like every time <laughs> I'm on here, man, it's always something bad that happens, man. Yeah, I think I think we did a eulogy the first time you came on about it. Like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're wrong in, in the bubble, so. Oh, yeah, this is good. So that, that'll take us right into what you know we're talking about tonight, which is uh, the, the New Orleans Pelicans uh, kind of saved their season, or you know, sit, sit on life support, put it uh, with the big, you know, after last night's letdown against the Warriors, got them on the back to back. Eking by even with Bi getting hurt, uh, Zion not being at his uh, most efficient, going against a great defender, obviously in Draymond, but. Uh, you know, the story was, was Lonzo Ball after the much maligned uh, three for 18 game. He bounces back with 33 and some huge uh, down the stretch buckets. Uh, Chris, just real quick, man, what was your takeaway of, of tonight's game? Um, guys stepped up, man. I mean, that's just pretty much it. You know, uh, I, I still, I don't think I've found out exactly what happened to, to Ingram. We know Adams has been battling multiple injuries, you know, over you know, every, pretty much ever since the first, what, month of the season, he's been banged up with something. So, but, I mean, in a game of this magnitude to where, you know, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. You probably, you would have liked to win both of these games, uh, but you still need it. If you lose this game, your your odds, I mean, almost hit the floor, right? Right, right, right. right. For for them to be undermanned and, you know, Steph Curry is still in Fuego, still I you know, you you have no answer for him whether you whether you double him up high, whether you trap him, whatever the case is, you know, find a way to get get his on ball, off ball. Wiggins has a good game to start out, uh, especially. Um and without your second best player, sometimes best player, you know, depending on the night and Brandon Ingram, you come out and get a victory. Uh, you know, it, it, it says a lot. Of, I would say uh, about this team. Eric Bledsoe had some had some moments to kind of keep keep things together. 
Um, James Johnson, what was interesting with him, you know, after, I mean, yesterday's shooting, putting the ball off the backboard. I mean, he, he started off shooting, shooting very well. <laughs> and now, and now he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to touch a three point shot. He's just, you know, he's passing the ball, making the right plays, but defensively he made some right, you know, he made some of the right moves. He made uh, the extra pass when needed. I mean, they found a way as a team to put it together. And um, for a young squad, which is around, which centered around inconsistency and under man, you could have easily saw them at some point folding things up, especially when they couldn't take off and either early to first, early to fourth quarter, early to just the, the periods when Steph wasn't in the game, them finding a way to still, you know, pull together and end up pulling away with a victory. I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta be happy for a team that was not only under man, but is young, you know? Yeah, I think this was, it was a character win, in my opinion, just watching this team, all these games. You know, you can make the argument they lose this game, you know, two months ago. So that, that shows some development. And, you know, people are wildly, the, the Stan Van Gundy people are in, operating in extremes less than one year into his tenure. I'm still kind of down the middle. The only thing that's bothered me, and I've said it several times, is the Bledsoe thing. He's just not a starting player anymore. He's a friend. He's a friend's NBA player. And he, just, he eats up about 25, 30 minutes a game. And a lot of it is bad. He was decent tonight, though. I'll give him that. He's save a few, you know, bad plays. He was okay tonight. So, but I think Stan, for all the technical mishaps and rotation mishaps, I think intangibly he is trying to tell this team the right things. Like as far as having a, a tougher mentality, you know, coming to work every day. You know, I think he's trying to instill those things, which I think are very, you know, foundational. And then next year, with a full season and normal spaced out practice time, you possibly may see the jump in those technical things that we all lament as far as, you know, the defense and, you know, turning the ball over too much, you know, knowing time and situation. So that's where I am kind of in with Stan thus far in the season. So I don't know how you feel about Stan. Where where are you with him? I mean, one thing I look at Stan, because, I mean, I, I I take it back with him all the way to his early days in Miami. Um you know, I don't think he's – while he's had teams you could consider that were young, I don't think he's ever had a team like this in regards to, you know, roles being not quite established yet. There are a lot of guys that are trying to individually figure out who they are as players and as well figure out how that works as a part of a team. And I think, that, you know, you know that's tough, especially in a, you know, condensed season – with new parts and uh, important pieces like Drew Holiday leaving, it's tough to put all on one person, you know, with, you know, no, not, not a real training camp. You don't have a bunch of practice time. Um, that's tough to put on one person, especially when, 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 as you and I talked about, the parts don't necessarily fit right. in a lot of areas. So, I mean, the thing I, you know, I'm saying, are there certain things, could I nitpick and say there are things that I would like him to do? Could he use more challenges? Could Bledsoe be out of the lineup? Sure. But, you know, I, I am I am holding out faith in my thought and my theory. My theory continues to be that Nikhil Alexander-Walker was going to take Eric Bledsoe's job. Ah. I really feel that way. I feel, I feel that's what he wanted. And during that period of time, right before Nikhil got hurt, Lonzo was battling, you know, uh, an injury. You couldn't get them, and this was right after the All-Star break. Couldn't get them back on the floor together. As soon as Lonzo's ready to come back, Nikhil goes out, sprains his ankle, he's over with. You got to go with Bledsoe. He's not gonna, 
bench his veteran and put in Najee Marshall. But even <laughs> right. if that's not the case, you know, even if that's not the case, I would say, you know, in closing minutes, you would like Bledsoe to have a reduced role. And you thought that would come. It just, it just didn't. I, you know, there's something, and you and I talked about it, there's something deeper there. I, I think with Bledsoe in regards to the entire organization and what they're trying to do. Uh, but I mean, look, I, I, I think you need a better fitting team a hundred percent, especially now that you have an idea of what Zion and BI can be together as your number one, and number two, you figure out what you're going to do with Lonzo, you know, and then build, build the right parts, find a way to trade Bledsoe. And then let's just, man, but I don't know if this is the time of the year to really do it a hundred percent. That's exactly what I said. You got to give them a, a team that fits first and then we can talk about, you know, how he manages that. But what are you doing with the, you know, two-way guys, guys injured, possibly lost B.I. to that we don't know. I'm hopefully, you know, I was hoping, you know, Guillory or Lopez would drop something that, you know, <laughs> would give us a hint. But I think the... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good news is he tried to play after, so it wasn't like super, like he's gone for weeks, you know what I'm saying? Maybe my right. next, next game, but hopefully it's a day-to-day thing where he can manage it because it's it's – it's do or die time pretty much, given the, the the Pelican situation. I think what sucks for the Pelicans is it's not only that you lost Zion and B.I., you lost him at the cupcake part of the schedule. So the wins that you had dialed up, the or <laughs> the Orlandos, right? And it was, it was another team that was like, maybe you got B.I. and Zion here. That's, you know, you can't guarantee anything with the Pelicans this year, as we've seen, but those are wins that are, are attainable, you know, so. That's kind of how that goes. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Uh, you mentioned Lonzo. <laughs> Maybe the top three most polarizing player in, in basketball, in, in my opinion. Just there's no middle ground with this guy. You either, you either love him or you think he is a bum. I, I am on the love side while acknowledging that he does have space to grow. But, you know, the Lonzo opinions are extremely just spectrum. It's like at the end of each spectrum, you either hate the guy or you love him. Uh, talk about what Lonzo did tonight and then, you know, also go into his development. 
what you think he is with his development? I mean, look, let me, I mean, let me ask you, man. You coach, you know, you coach the game. How many guys can you think of, or how many guys can you, you know, with with the type of mentality, they they arguably have their worst game of the season from a shooting perspective, and then they come out in a situation where they're not prepared to have to step into a bigger role. While he had things going early in the game, as opposed to the night before, this is a must win. And your best score goes, well, your second best score um, goes out and be out. Your only three-level guy goes out and you step up and have one of your better, one of your better games. And you could, you could say that, this is this is probably his best game considering the stakes, the team that they're going against, and the fact that he was the one that had to make plays. He could have been passive. He he made a lot of plays down the stretch offensively that ended up making that ended up helping them win the game and then makes the shot, which is not gonna go down as a game winning shot, but that that snatch back, that step back, dirt, you know, mid <laughs> mid range jumper, that wins the game. That won the game. I mean, it just it, it's no way around it for, you know, a guy that people uh, say, uh, you know, is limited in what he can do. Um, I, I mean, look, I'm no different today than I was yesterday on Lonzo. He's young. He's inconsistent. Um, he's a guy that can be streaky. They have to still, similar to BI, similar, similar to Zion, they have to now, I think they have an idea of what those guys can be at their, at their best. You got to put, better fitting parts next to them around them to get the best out of them. I think night in and night out and hope that they take steps. But I mean, he works hard, man. I mean, who's coming out after that game he had yesterday and dropping 33 and winning you the game. They, they shut, they shut Zion's water off. Yeah. yeah, After the bad shooting yesterday, you can see Kerr just doubled down on just throw the house. And then, you know, I think Lonzo took the challenge. Even the chirping with, with Draymond Green. Because you remember, Lonzo's first game, Pat Beverly pretty much, you know, punked him up and down the court. Remember that? Pat Beverly was basically humping his leg up and down the court, talking to him the whole game. So, then, you know. What did he do that, last year when they played? Yeah, that, I mean, that was he exactly. The, so, you know, I thought that was a tremendous intangible game from Lonzo, as well as the you know, obviously the tangible stuff that helped him win the game. But the, the mental toughness uh, he displayed and the – Shout out uh LaRocca five oh four man. Uh, <laughs> My God. <laughs> I, 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 I like him. I, I, we follow each other, man. He's a he's a funny dude, man. I know he's just uh the frustrated fan. We went on the he can't be on IG. I was like, I mean, that's the generation of the players, man. It's like you you, you ball, you gotta go to social media, man. If it's not on social media, it didn't happen. So you got that's that's what they do. <laughs> what you expect him to do? What you expect a twenty three year old dude to do, man? You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, ball out. Hey. Especially if it's against, you know, if the if the rumors are correct about there being some smoke there, you know, with him and uh, you know, uh, D'Lo, you know, and D'Angelo Russell. I mean, what what you want him to do? Yeah, I mean, like you you want him to be, you know, to be passive about it. Like I mean, I expect him to, you know, to go online and stunt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just that's he's excited. Just, he's happy, man. Yeah. You, know? Then, you know, and then the fact that he, you know, he took ownership, and then Zion says he texted him, and tells Zion like, you know, I got you because the the feeling was, you know, Zion brought it and nobody else really did offensively at least. So for him to go out on the limb and say and text Zion beforehand that night, it's like, you know what, I got you tomorrow. Like that's I think that's that's leadership, you know, and, and maturity. So, you know, that that's that's that part of it too. I I just don't like the, you know, the notion because he's quiet and um 
you know, his game, his game doesn't fit with some people like from a traditional point guard perspective or uh, he hasn't developed certain areas of his game in the manner that people would like to see. You know, we say things like he doesn't care, you know, you know, he, he doesn't care about the game, you know, uh, as much as the next guy or he'll never be this or never be that. I mean, anybody you talk to inside the organization, teammates, coaching staff, uh, front office, they tell you Lonzo's one of the hardest working dudes in that, in that building. And it shows, man, you know, you, I mean, it, it, it shows in the shooting. It shows in the free throw shooting. We talked about the free throw shooting last year when he was shooting 50%. Everybody, everybody has something to say. Now he knocked down what four straight uh, exactly. tonight. I don't think he missed one. Yeah, and he's shooting damn near eighty percent. Right. So yeah, I mean, you know, the, the pick and roll PPP is through the roof. It's just the volume has to be there to rank, but it's it's upwards though, high eighties, low ninety percent high wise in the NBA. So like that's also uh, coming along. So real quick before we get into the you know possible play in, what's your number for Alonzo as a pales? Media member, what is your number for him as far as – because I think the sentiment is they want him. Like the franchise guy, Zion, you know, we spoke off, you know, off recording about this, the hints he drops about, you know, wanting Lonzo long-term. Uh, you don't do that for yeah. a guy you shove out the door. So, But we also understand there's a price and a salary cap. The market's not humongous. So where is your, where's your line, like, where it gets dicey? You think about here, maybe we'll sign a trade with the Knicks. <laughs> so where, where's your, where's your line? I mean, I, I hell, if you could get him under twenty, everybody would want that, right? But yeah, it's not realistic. The whole the whole league wants him under twenty, right? But it's not, but it's not realistic. It's right. just not realistic. So you know, to me, once you start talking over over twenty two million, you start creeping into twenty three and close to twenty five, and I'm like, all right, all right, New York, you know, y'all. <laughs> Y'all got him, man. I don't, don't, don't want to make it happen. I don't want to make it happen, but I might have to. I get that. I get that. So, yeah, I mean, I think somewhere between 20, 22 mil per year is probably where I'm at realistically. Just, 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 just knowing the market and knowing that this is how the NBA works. People will sometimes throw something at you just, just to see if you'll, if you'll match it or just, to, or just to get them away from you because they can see, but, I think it's too many ex- executives around the league that will value a guy like Lonzo to where they may end up raising the price tag. Because look, uh, and here's here's something else: they know that Lonzo is tied to Zion one way or another. Right. That if is I take away Lonzo, if I take away Lonzo from you, that's probably gonna piss off the guy that I'm hoping eventually walks, like others have have did from the city. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and from the organization. So. There's a lot tied to lines. I don't think people are really talking about there. Something could change here and there, of course. I mean, nothing is guaranteed. Milwaukee's had multiple resets, you know, to get to where they're at. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm somewhere between 20 to 22. I think once you once you go past there, um, until he's until we get a full, until we're not six points here, 33 the next, right? Eight <laughs> points here, 30 the next. You know what I mean? Can I get 15 a game afterwards? You know what I'm saying? Until it's not so streaky, that's probably where I'm at. And I'm saying I'm, I was thinking, you know, like a 488, you know, 488, you know, maybe a Ride short wants to, you know, compelling himself, maybe a 366, and, you know, he can reset his market in three years and consider it from there. 
right? So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, something around there. I'm saying with you, 2022. 20, Beyond that, it gets you got to like, okay, you must be bringing, you know, damn near 20 points a game at at, at that price. <laughs> we need 20 and eight, and it needs to be 20 and eight every night. <laughs> so right. All right, so moving on, you know, to the Pels, the the, the play-in scenario here. Uh, two games behind the Spurs, but the Spurs do have the tiebreaker, so they have to finish three games behind the Spurs. The Spurs have a hellacious schedule to finish the season. Uh, they got spanked by Utah. They're in Utah again tomorrow. Uh, they got a day off. Um, the scary part for the Spurs is Utah's trying to get back to that number one seed. So Utah's not going to rest. They're they're coming full throttle, like minus Donovan, of course. Uh, the Kings next, which I feel is winnable. They got the Blazers on a back to back. They got the Bucks, who are still fighting for seeding. We got the Nets, who are still be fighting for seeding. We got the Knicks, who still be fighting for seeding. And they finished with the Suns twice, who will be fighting for seeding. So I remember I, I put the the, the Negro Thomas tweet up. I was like, they're going to win one more game that Sacramento game, and it'll be up to the Pelicans to win. Let's see. That's one in, a one-in-six finish. The Pelicans to win four of their remaining six games. And they're, and they're in the playing situation. So that, that that is kind of where I was with that. Um, how do you feel about the prospects? I mean, I think the goal was for the Pelicans to play meaningful games uh, this year. They're, they're in those. Basically see how they respond. The Pelicans, they're not, not the easiest schedule either. Um, they got at Philly, at Charlotte, at Memphis, at Dallas, at Golden State, and then one more home game against the Lakers, who probably will be fighting for uh, a play-in to stay out the play-in at that point, given how you know LeBron's out the next two games. So they'll be fighting for their seeding lives uh, as well. Um, I, I think they got to go four and two to get in. Uh, <laughs> how, how do you feel about the, the, the their slate versus? the San Antonio's? You know, the thing about San Antonio is that they, you know, um, I look at a game like, you know, yesterday, right? They play Utah after almost punting the game before against Philly. Now, they ended up making it a game, right? Right. But they decided we're not going to play DeRozan. We're not going to play Murray. Uh, Derek White's always out. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, already out because – we want to come back the next night against Utah, and we want to try to get that dub. They didn't get it. They got smacked. And Utah and Utah's without Mike Conley, without without Donovan Mitchell, and they get destroyed. My thing with San Antonio is that, you know, while I mean, and then this is after the Boston game where they blow a thirty point, I think a thirty point lead. Yeah, I, I think you it's know, a wrap. That's why I said I think it's a wrap. They're going to win one more game. I think even that Kings game isn't a gimme. That's what I'm saying. It's not even. So it's we'll just, see. It's just too tough. It's too tough for them. Uh, you know, I think considering the road that they've had to travel, the way that they have to play to win, the guys that are there and that, and that aren't there, and match with like you said, the teams that they have to play coming up. I just, I think you're taking too much out of them. Even if they, if, if they win a game or two that they're not supposed to, you know, then maybe the Kings trip them up. You know, who just who just uh, went into L.A. not to uh, what. Last weekend or last or early, yeah, last weekend, and beat the Lakers in LeBron's first game back. I, I, I think that that's where I know we were looking at the Warriors for a little bit, but that's where you end up making up, um, trying to get that ten seed. I just think the Spurs have too much, in, you know, ahead of them. They don't have enough firepower right now, and 
they're playing the wrong teams at the wrong right, time. That's what I said. Those teams are trying to get ready for the playoffs. So, I mean, the, the Pelicans schedule wasn't tough, but these aren't these aren't overly dominant contending teams outside of the Lakers, in, in my opinion, right? It's not, but the, the Spurs are playing contenders. I mean, Suns, Jazz, <laughs> you know, uh, just they got the Suns and Jazz twice. They got back to back with the Suns and Jazz. So, and, Correct. you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, a lot of it is going to have to going to depend on what the beat report from BI is. Hopefully, that is uh, something positive. It had been a, it's been a weird two weeks uh, for BI, kind of up and down. Given the you know what we expected, he's still his showing strong splits. though, twenty four game, uh, forty seven, thirty nine, eighty nine splits. Uh, the defense is a roller coaster every game. Everybody a- acknowledges that. Uh, a little bit of a downturn offensively though lately. Um, what do you see out there for him, and what are you hoping, you know, kind of changes going forward in these last, you know, six games? You know, God willing, he's able to come out there and play. I think I think Brandon has to – he knows his his, uh, his his supporting cast. He knows what he's up against, the coverages that he's going to see. Uh, he knows that, that you know, if, if he's coming off a screen, it's going to be two to three players with their eyes on him. Yeah, bracket. um, they're they're bracketing every pick and roll. Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be a lot of space for him to right. do the things in which he wants to do it, and which and would make would made him an all star last year, and will probably get him get him there a couple more times before his career is over with. So I think what what Brandon has to do and what he has to learn is how to figure out how to make the game come to him and deal with the hell that's around him, right? <laughs> so maybe it's maybe maybe that means I have to distribute a little bit more. Maybe that means that I have to find other ways to impact the game because the scoring is gonna come, gonna gonna go and come with this lineup and with the starting lineup, with the coverages that I'm seeing. It's just this is this is what being a match player, superstar is about. Even if it should be easier from a roster construction perspective than it is right now. Um, defensively, you know, he talked about it. He said it. It's on. It's on us to set the tone. I know it starts with me. He said that getting back to, pre, to, to the preseason when they played Miami. You know, I think, you know, the defensive tone, it starts with me. Well, if that's the case, then you got to you gotta be that guy. You got to be – you can't take many possessions off. Right. Everybody does it, but it's on you because when you say things like that and you're making the money that you're making and you're as important on this team as you are, well, it's up to you, along with Zion and many others, to not – have lazy plays in which you're letting the guy go past you. B.I. has too many, you know, we know his, his, uh, he has some athletic faults in regards to foot speed and, uh, short range quickness, but that length you cannot teach. The overall intensity I've seen B.I. really, really move his feet and really try. If Julius Randle can go out there and defend in the way that he's been defending this year <laughs> right. and apply himself the way that he is, one on one, bi, you have no excuses. Right, I'm just saying, use a. I think he's got to use his length, man. I was talking about this on that on that space as we we mentioned before we started recording. Uh, I think his best bet is to do his future might be at the two as far as the, the defense goes, because those guys they aren't as physical. Uh, there's less you know screens to go around. You know, you've been in the spot up guy at that spot these days, right? If not a combo guy, but I've seen him against those shorter guys. He has success with with Kimba. You know, there's a game with Kyrie where he really got into Kyrie and made him, you know, miss a lot of shots using his length. I think the, the physicality when those bigger guys get into his body and move him off his spots is just is real tough for him right now. 
hopefully his metabolism slows down. <laughs> he's able to, you know, be way more than a, you know, 190 with rocks in his pocket and soaking wet. So <laughs> hopefully, you know, we'll get to that point where he's able to handle more. But I think his future defensively might be at the two, just guarding, you know, little quicker, quicker guys and using his length. So it's also less taxing navigating through screens. So hopefully, like I said, I think, I think the offense, he's too talented offensively to stay in this little mini slump he's in. Like he's just, he's just too skilled. Uh, it will make it easier if he has some driving lanes and can break himself out of the slump. But that is a different, you know, hour and a half long conversation that we will have <laughs> uh, tonight. Hopefully in off season, you know, that stuff can get uh, addressed. But like you said, he's got to learn to navigate and find, love what you said, other ways to affect the game. I saw he had like five assists uh, up to the point where he got put out of the game. Like that's the type of stuff, you know, instead of the 20, 25, and four and five, maybe it had to be 19 and 11 that night, you know, just because the way they're defending you. So hopefully we see, a, you know, that, that turn, God willing, his health, you know, is, is, is good to go these last six games. And guys have spoke about it. Teammates have, have spoken about it. Anytime he comes close to a triple-double or he, or he gets a triple-double, guys are saying, yo, um, he could do this every night. Well, I mean, we've seen Brandon be, be able to make plays for others. We see the things that he can do. Um, it's just a matter of applying them, um, preserving energy. I mean, I, you know, I think there's a, there's a, a star slash superstar gauntlet that all guys have to go through mentally and physically. And I mean, we've seen it with many guys. It's what separates, uh, dudes that make all stars or that put up great numbers from those that people consider to be one of the best in the game. I think physically, mentally and physically there, that's, he has to go through that gauntlet. And this is part of that, uh, you know, role of adversity for him. He'll learn from it. I mean, I say it all the time, Jerry Stackhouse says that they don't, they don't raise, they don't raise puppies in, you know, in Kingston. Right. I, just, I think, yeah. I think mentally wise, I mean, that, that's, you know, he's gonna, he's, he's gonna rebound and take from this, uh, what needs to be, uh, you know, received. Yeah. I think, like I said, I, did, I was talking about this, somebody else was just in terms of development with most players, like the non superstar guys or the guys who take a long way to get there. Like Julius Randle's the perfect example. It's like, you find your way in the league, you know, you get comfortable, you hit that rough patch, you got to fight through. So you get through that, there's another rough patch, a plateau, right? Development's not a straight, development's not linear. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's peaks and valleys. You peak, you know, you might go down a little bit, and you rise and fight through that and get back up even higher. Like it's not 2K where you just get attribute points to every, you know, skill every offseason, right? It's just you got you to you gotta grind. You got to grind through some stuff, and I think that he's in that aspect of his career right now. I think what the good part for me was he was able to maintain his efficiency despite worse roster conditions around. I think that's a glowing sign going forward for 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 BI's development. And we just we agree the defense has just got to get better, you know, up and down. Just use use his length if you're not going to use your body. Stop dying on those screens, baby. Anyway, I have to bring my boy Chris on the tap in real quick for this midweek joint. Uh, follow Chris on Twitter. At Impatient Bull, he's a member of the Bird Rights. Follow at the Bird Rights. Uh, even Fish, you know what I'm saying? Fish is love, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! For uh, a, a lighter, a lighter tone here, man. You've been ducking me on this uh, on this baseball smoke, man. Uh, first of all, you will get man. You didn't see me today. You've I was been, in the, you've I was, been you've been you've been ducking the, me, man. I was in the NBA Finals on on two in my two K <laughs> league, man. I lost in seven. I was in I was depressed uh, all day. I, I saw you getting that smoke. I actually hopped up in your Twitch and commented on it, man. Oh, yes. man I told you, 
That was me, dog. You, oh. you, you, man, you was you, you was getting that smoke, man. DeAndre Jordan was giving it to you, man. Man, that's, that's what I'm saying. Do too much. Yeah, 2K. I gotta calm that down. DeAndre Jordan after like Bill Russell mixed with Kevin Garnett, mixed with Shaq. They they, they killing me with that, man. But anyway, man, follow. At Impatient Bull on Twitter, follow the Bird Rights, all those guys. Uh, follow myself, JJ Maple 55 underscore MST. Follow, subscribe to Pop, rate, give me feedback. I love it. I respond. I interact with you. Uh, thank you guys for tapping in. And we are out of here. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.